there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 38 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 16 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you'd like to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and there's three ways right there to contact me, Twitter, email, and Mastodon. All right, and while you're there, you should really consider buying a copy of this book so you too can read along while I do this podcast. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't know that I'd actually do that, but you guys should. Maybe you guys would like that. Yeah, definitely buy a book. Get the print version. Ebooks are stupid. Although the print one is more expensive. Should I have a sale? Can I do a sale? <laughs> Probably not. I don't know how to do that because I don't log into Amazon like ever. So, Today, for feedback, we don't have any from last week. Very big bummer. I don't know where Lara's is, but it didn't come in. I'm a little sad about that. So, I was going to just go over some uh, feedback from episode 36 from Glenn. He did write in with some interesting uh, talk, but he got it to me on, what, Wednesday, Tuesday? I don't know. That's way past when I record this podcast. Let's see. What were the questions for that day? Gonna flip back in the old notebook here. Oh, oh, I asked if he ever had an on-call job. And he says, never on call unless you count the general use of a work phone. Heavy price to pay for my first smartphone. So yeah, I think Glenn is using a work phone as his phone, which is kind of a, eh, I don't get the vibe that it's too much of a problem for him, but I don't know. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Question two. Oh, how shitty was that original plant? So that was when they were going to hide in the town while the people came to, like, burn it down and pillage and all that shit. Uh, so Glenn says, terrible plan. Roland clearly values magician lives over commoners. Made me think of the King of England in Braveheart. <laughs> if only this book had any similarities to that. <laughs> But yes, he does seem to not care about regular people at all. Uh, oh, and then he also points out, since we still have, since we have no effing clue what magicians do still, I can't speculate on a better plan. So he's not real sure what they do anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say they shoot fireballs and stuff like that. That kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing real exciting. Yeah, all right. Oh. Uh, question three. I remember I asked about lamb. It was a two-parter if you like it and if it is, in fact, baby sheep that we shouldn't be eating. So he does respond, don't eat lamb almost ever. Uh, he says, Katie refuses since we went to Ireland and saw little puffballs prancing around in fields. They were declared too cute to eat. I'm going to agree with that. A freaking baby sheep, they're adorable. They are adorable. But I'll take their wool. That makes a nice sweater. Or, uh, aren't Uggs made with wool? Don't they have, uh, wool inside? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't wear Uggs. <laughs> okay, good feedback from that chapter. So, like I said, we had none from last week. Um, let's see, though. Today, uh, before we really get started on what we're going to read, I do want to point out, oh my god, so what is today's date? October 27th. So that means that National Novel Writing Month is starting in 
um, what, four more days? Oh, Jesus, five days, whatever. But I don't know. I'm still on the fence. Should I do it? Should I do it? Ah, I didn't get any writing buddies, so the listeners clearly didn't help. <laughs> mm. That might be you guys telling me that's enough of this book series, huh? Yeah. Well, but write in if you think that's enough of this series. <laughs> I'm not sure. I still think it'd be kind of fun, but I don't have any ideas. That's always the problem. Like, if you have an idea for a book or somebody's bugging you to write one, sometimes that helps. But I, I don't know what I'd write about. Uh, it, yeah, well, I don't know. Not sure, not sure. But write in if you're going to do National Novel Writing Month and then start your own podcast about your writing. It could be really fun. But anyway, let's get back to this National Novel Writing Month masterpiece from 2014. Let's check the front. I think it's 2014. 2014, this book was written. Very exciting, yeah. So it's going to be, what, a month and a few days. It'll be five years old. Wow, that's deep, isn't it? Okay, so today we're reading chapter 16. It is eight pages long. Um, so if you remember from last week, uh, Margot told Henry to not be at inspections. So I think this will be a pretty, uh, I don't know, boring chapter. Inspections, boring. But we probably will get to see what Henry will do on his day off. Because he's effectively skipping school, I guess. Skipping work, whatever. You know, same thing. I wonder how much trouble most people would get in if they just didn't show up to work. Like, what? I, I've never... Okay, I take that back. I've definitely done that. But I gotta fill in my timesheet saying I was sick. And if somebody needs me, I would, I guess, email people sometimes. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. Jesus. Most of my time outside of work was always because of vacations, so. But now I work for myself, so whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to see some of that. I don't think we're going to see much fallout from Henry possibly skipping inspections, but maybe we're going to find out. Why don't we go ahead then? I, I don't really have too much to say today. I'm a little nervous about National Novel Writing Month. I should have made more notes about it. Huh. Huh. I don't know. It'd be hard to do this podcast and National Novel Writing Month, I think. Uh, but maybe not, because I'm a little fresh on the stories. You know what I mean? All right. So, without any further ado, let us dive in to Chapter 16. So, for today's episode, I will be drinking a nice, cool glass of Evan Williams' 1783 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey on the rocks. I only did one ice cube today. I really like how this tastes, but I've, I talk about this one a lot. Mm. Hopefully I get to drink lots of it. I don't know how many drinking breaks are in this chapter. I guess we're just going to find out as we read, right? Mm. Do I talk too fast? I think the couch is making me talk too fast. And I'm kind of like leaning towards the microphone. I bet it would be more fun if I, like, laid on my stomach and did this, maybe, on the couch. That would be kind of cool. I should try that. Not right now, though. Let's go ahead and read Chapter 16, shall we? Let's do this. I got the page ready. I got a drink in my hand. I'm going to have a little more of it. Mm. All right. Let us get going. Janie sat across from Margot the morning of inspections at the commissary. Because of the magistrate's visit... 
there were far fewer mages and staff present. Janie's mood was her usual damn-the-world morning attitude, and her friend's inexplicable cheeriness only acted to annoy Janie. She knew Margot was a morning person, but she couldn't figure out why she couldn't stop grinning like a fool. Why are you so happy this morning? Janie finally asked between spoonfuls of oatmeal. It's nothing, she said, smiling far too widely for it to be nothing. I thought you were dreading today, Janie countered. Without losing her smile, Margot responded, Oh, yeah, I guess I'm worried. I'm so glad we're not being inspected today, Janie said morosely. I feel bad for Pauline, Joe, and Henry. Especially Henry. He'll have a long day today. He won't be at inspections, Margot said, looking down at her plate. Who, Henry? Of course he will. That's the one person they'll really want to see, Janie replied. Margot shook her head. I asked him not to go, to disappear for the day. Page turn. You what? Janie exclaimed, confused. Margot looked up at Janie and said with a wide grin, And then I kissed him. Janie dropped her silverware and leaned far back, putting her hands over her face. This odd relationship between Henry and Margot was exhausting to try and manage. They both seemed to choose very inopportune moments to mention relatively important things to her. Facing Margot again with a serious face, she asked, Didn't you say you wouldn't date a warrior mage? Yes, but Margot started. Okay, Janie said, putting a hand up to stop her suddenly love-struck friend. And now you two are a couple? Margot frowned. Well, no. I mean, I guess maybe. I don't know. Wow. This is some freaking high school childish romance here. This is... Oh, ugh. Okay. What'd she say? Well, no. I mean, I guess maybe. I don't know. But you two are kissing now. I kissed him on the cheek. That's all, Margot said defensively. Janie shook her head in exasperation. You two are like 12-year-olds with crushes on each other, she said. Margot grinned. Perhaps. Pauline and Joe walked over as Janie rubbed her eyes, trying to wake up just enough to understand everything. What's wrong with her? Pauline asked Margot, nodding at Janie as she sat down. Margot shrugged. Janie looked at the two new people at her table with tired eyes. Margot kissed Henry, Janie said, and watched with annoyance as Margot giggled. And now Henry is missing. Pauline looked, at, looked from Margot to Janie and back at Margot. He ran away because you kissed him, Pauline asked. Margot laughed loudly, but Janie just shook her head. No, the two things aren't exactly related, but it's not important, Janie said. Where did Henry go, Joe, Joe asked. Doesn't he have to... Doesn't he have to report to the training fields in maybe ten minutes? I asked him not to go, Margot said. Did you kiss him to convince him? Joe asked. Margot paused for a moment. No, she said calmly. That's not what I was doing. Janie studied Margot for a moment. That question bothered her friend, but she believed her answer. He'll be in plenty of trouble after today, you know, Janie pointed out. 
Margot's usual cool expression returned. It was his choice, she said simply. Well, maybe, Pauline responded, but he was pretty smitten with you. Don't you think that played a factor? Margot was silent again. Janie watched her look at her friends with the distant, emotionless expression that she often wore. All right, Henry would know he was going to get in trouble, Janie admitted. You're not getting him in trouble. He does fine at getting himself screamed at on his own. Janie grabbed Margot's right hand. What is important is that you kissed him. Releasing her hand, Janie exclaimed, Finally! Margot smiled back with a grin that seemed so happy as to be almost foreign on her normally calm friend's face. Oh, drinking break! Mm. This is so, um, like, I don't know. I guess I assume this is what happens at the lunch table with girls. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. It's very... I don't, know. I, I don't know what to say. I don't remember how I thought this would be actually romantic, but I guess when I'm just slapping keys... Uh, well, well. Whatever. All right, here we go. Henry sat on the side of the westward road, munching on a light breakfast of cheese and apples that he had brought with him. He had left his house about an hour earlier in an attempt to slip away without anyone noticing. He had chosen to dine with Margot, or whoever had, okay, had he chosen to dine with Margot, or whoever else, he thought, he would most assuredly be rounded up and brought out to the training fields. Instead, he found himself spending the day visiting a village he knew to be six or seven miles west of the temple. Miles are like kilometers, but longer. Anyway, <laughs> let me see here. How long does it take you to walk like six or seven miles? I think I can do like a mile in 15 minutes. So, like an hour and a half of walking. That's not so bad, I guess. I mean... We'll assume Henry's in walking shape. Like, he could pull this off. I don't know. It's not quite the... Uh, we already went over that he's not, like, muscle-bound or in particularly great shape or anything. I don't even know why I think that. <laughs> I don't think I have much basis for that. Oh, oh well, all right. He hadn't been to said village. <laughs> to said village. Okay. Wouldn't, using said village, wouldn't that imply that it was, like, uh, stated, you know, in a quote, maybe? Oh, well. But he figured he'd arrive near lunchtime, enjoy a meal, possibly shop a bit, well, la-ti-da, and uh, head back home. A patron at the swirly sw swirly swine, <laughs> at the, <laughs> at the surly swine, had told him that there was indeed another bookstore in the village, nerd, and that he, the general store did stock some more exotic items. Since he had a day to waste, the trip felt perfectly suited to facilitating his disappearance from the temple. He slung his bag back over his head. Over his head? It's probably like a shoulder strap that you're wearing across your body. Yeah, all right. Oh, I suck. He slung his bag back over his head such that it hung on, hung on across his body and flapped against his right hip. Hung on, huh? Standing, he looked at the sun, guessed that he was probably expected right now on the training fields, and continued westward. 
Ooh, we can tell time by the sun. Wow. All right. Drinking break. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I'm not far from another one. This is exciting. Yay. Mm. I'm definitely going to need a refill. I drank that way too fast. Ooh. You can just rub this on the leg every night until it's gone, Janie explained to the little boy and his mother. Remove the bandage and rub this on, then a fresh bandage. The mother and the boy nodded, and Janie smiled at them. She sealed the jar of salve. Is that how you say that? S-A-L-V-E? Salve. And handed handed to the woman. <laughs> a little bit of a typo. Who thanked her almost continuously. What does that mean, almost continuously? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Ugh, all right. Um, as she ushered the pair back to the lobby of the healing center. Ooh, the healing center. It's not capitalized, but I think it's pretty exciting. That's the first time we've heard that term. When she entered the lobby, she was startled to see Roland standing in the room with a shorter, younger man in a red robe wearing a red sash. Both wore stern looks on their faces. Miss Stamford, Roland greeted her. Please allow me to introduce Mage Wilson. Ugh, terrible name. <laughs> A representative of the magistrates. Janie nodded and the man in red returned her greeting. How can I help you today, sir? He, she asked. I understand you're close to Henry McCallum, Roland started. Janie stiffened. Do you happen to know where he might be today? He has not shown up for inspections. I honestly don't know where he is, sir, Janie said truthfully. The man in red smiled coldly at her, speaking. Miss Stamford, please understand that we've traveled a long way, and we were most interested in meeting this McCallum. He seems to have other plans, though. Will he be coming at all today? Janie thought carefully about her wording. I heard that he wasn't coming, she said calmly. The red mage sighed and smiled in an unnerving way. Janie felt a chill down her spine. Not run down her spine, just down her spine. Miss Stamford, he continued, do you know who might know where he's hiding out? Even who told you he would be... Even who told you he would be missing would help. Janie felt backed into a corner. Clearly, someone had told her, but she was pretty sure Henry wouldn't have told anyone where he was going. I don't think anyone knows where he is, but Margot Lafleur told me he would be absent. The red mage's face went pale. Excuse me, who did you say, he asked. Margot told me, Janie said, more confident now. Ah, yes, Roland said, nodding and unfazed by the name. Miss Lafleur is new here. We can speak with her if you'd like. The visiting mage seemed to consider his options for a moment. No, that won't be necessary, Roland, he finally said. I wish to sp I will speak to my people and ask what they wish to do. Roland frowned. Janie guessed some egos were at play here and his being cut out of any further decisions may have hurt his own. Janie didn't really care, though. She was excited, however, to mention to Margot that her name had stopped a minor investigation 
in its tracks. Drinking break! Had to run upstairs for that one. Oh, baby, but we got some more whiskey. You know what? I haven't eaten lunch yet, and this is hitting hard. Oh, I'm probably going to giggle more. Although this book's pretty dull, so maybe not. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, this is so boring. Okay. When Henry reached the outskirts of the settlement... He estimated that it was three hours past sundown. Once prudent, he turned off the eastbound road that passed by the temple and headed home through the grass and paths leading to other homes. <laughs> he carried four bags packed with books and some odd collectibles he had picked up in the distant village during the day. He carried shopping bags for six miles that that seems unlikely. <laughs> Nobody approached or bothered him as he walked, and he was thankful for being left alone. He knew there would be hell to pay the next day due to his absence, but he sincerely hoped that could wait until tomorrow, or ideally Monday. Well, what day is today? <laughs> I mean, I guess... I don't remember. Does anybody remember? Write in if you remember what day of the week it was. <laughs> Walking up to his house, Henry saw a lone figure sitting outside his front door. He was concerned it could be trouble, but he was also excited it might be Margot. As he approached, he could see that it was, of course, Janie, sitting and waiting for him to return. Well, hello, stranger, Janie said with a smile he could just make out in the moonlight. Henry sighed when he saw the whiskey on the ground next to her. Is that mine, he asked. She shrugged. Mm, let's have a drink. Mm -hmm -hmm. Henry continued past her and into his house, where he put down his bags and grabbed some items to show her that he had bought. Before returning outside, he grabbed a glass from the counter. Walking through the door, he fell into a chair and handed Janie his glass to fill. Henry stretched out his legs, thankful to be home and relaxing. So how did everything go today, he asked casually as Janie handed him a glass of whiskey. I had a visit, from, I had a visit today from Roland and one of the magistrate's men, she explained. Apparently you were missed today. And I didn't know I was an accomplice, accomplice to your disappearance. Huh, Henry said in reply. I told them that I had no idea where you had gone, which was true, and that Margot told me you'd be gone, which was also true. Henry looked at her in dismay. You didn't get Margot in trouble, did you? No, she replied thoughtfully, or at least I don't think so. The magistrate's guy was visibly shaken when I said who had told me you wouldn't be around. That was a toughie. Anyway, Margot can take care of herself, Janie said. They sat for a few moments in silence. Henry said, Did Margot tell you what happened yesterday? Stop grinning, Janie said, smiling. Did she say anything else, Henry persisted? That's really none of my business, Janie said. Ooh, 
Ooh, drinking break. They come fast and furious in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Hope y'all are playing along at home, huh? I I had a uh, I don't know if you guys consider y'all a uh, pronoun or pronoun? Sure, I think that's what it is, a pronoun. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm saying it's not a pronoun, but my roommate in college uh, was a Texan, and um, we were very good friends. But uh, he would always say y'all, like, constantly. And uh, his claim was, like, that's perfectly valid English. That's the plural of you, is y'all. And I was like, I don't think that's the case. And he was adamant that y'all is plural for you in the English language. So, I mean, I'm going to go with him and say, yeah, I guess it's true. You know what? I'm changing my mind. I am now towing the line for him. All right. Thanks, Josh. Okay, here we go. Uh, Henry headed to breakfast alone early the next morning. At least it was early for a weekend. Huh, okay. So, (laughs) that must have been Friday when they had the inspections, huh? (laughs) Um, at least it was early for a weekend, he thought. He strolled into the commissary shortly after it had opened, collected a plate of eggs and sausage, that sounds pretty good, I'm on board, and found an empty table alone to eat. Looking around, he counted only four other people in the room. Halfway through his breakfast, four men approached his table, all wearing matching robes and sashes. Henry continued eating when they stopped facing when they stopped facing him. That makes it sound like when they stopped facing him, they they like came up to him and then turned around with their backs to him. <laughs> I think I'm missing a comma. That's a little bit of a typo. One, who Henry quickly decided was in charge, sat down across from him. Henry McCallum, I presume, he said. Henry nodded while chomping on a sausage on the end of his fork. I'm Mage Wilson, a representative of the magistrates, he explained. Henry stared at the mage seated in front of him for a while while he finished his sausage. Looking at the three mages still standing behind him, Wait, are we off? Oh, it was four men. Okay. He waved his fork and said, I like your costumes. Excuse me, Wilson responded. Your costumes, your outfits. What's the word I'm looking for, Henry said, in what he hoped sounded absent-minded. Uniforms is the word I think you want, snapping one of the... Oh, wow, that's bad, too. Snapping one of the standing men. I think it would be snapped one of the standing men, right? Yeah. Henry looked at him thoughtfully. You were missed yesterday, Mr. McCallum, Wilson continued. Looking back back to him, Henry explained, I had some business that needed attending. I apologize. I'm sure you saw many other talented mages, more talented than me. Certainly. Looking at the three standing men again, he stabbed another sausage and said, You guys should really go grab some breakfast. The food is fabulous here. Mr. McCallum, the seated mage said with annoyance. I don't think you understand the implications of your absence. You can't be called up unless we see a bit more of you of you skills. <laughs> I think I do understand, Henry said, smiling. 
We can make an exception in this case. We've heard of your exploits, and I think we could really use you. He smiled in a way Henry found to be artificial. Why are you so interested? Henry asked frankly. We're looking for the best, of course, the Red Mage explained. All right, but I've only been here a few weeks, Henry countered. It seems unlikely I'd be the best. We can see raw talent, Wilson said with one hand out to Henry. Henry shook his head. I think I'll have to pass, he said. I've been told to avoid your organization. For now, I've chosen to proceed with that information. One of the standing men bent over, his hands on the table. Who told you that? he demanded. Wait, didn't Henry stand up at this point? I guess not. He's still sitting at the table. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Who told you that? Someone I deeply trust, Henry replied. I don't feel comfortable providing any specifics beyond that due to the threatening nature of your request. Turning to Wilson, he said, You guys need to work on your sales pitch. I mean, the costumes are nice, but you shouldn't rely solely on dressing snappy. I think we're done here, Wilson said, rising. It's been a pleasure, Henry said with a smile as he stabbed the last sausage on his plate. The four matching men walked away, leaving Henry alone at his table to finish breakfast. And that ends chapter 16! Well, that was another chapter filled with childish ideas of adult romance and, ah, I don't know. Do you think they could even adapt this book into, like, a rom-com? I'm doubtful. It's it's a little rough. (laughs) So, I guess Margot officially likes Henry now. Aw, Margot likes Henry. They could probably have like a... Ugh. I don't know. I, I, I'm very embarrassed by this book. <laughs> I'm sure Laura is listening to this. The lovely Laura, my wife. And she is just shaking her head like, I married this man. What the hell? <laughs> it's just so dumb. It is very dumb. So, I the, my only possible defense here with this chapter and this book in general is that I only had a month to write it and had a real vague idea of what would actually happen in it. (laughs) So it's a little bit rough just going through it and I'm really embarrassed to share it. Oh, oh my God. Uh, It's just childish, but at least the book acknowledges that this romance is a little childish. I don't know. Eh, what are you going to do? What? Are you, it's already written. Am I right? It's canon. It's... <laughs> I need another drink. Oh, my God. Mm. I don't know. I don't really want to dilly-dally on this chapter. So why don't we just dive into discussion questions? Am I right? Okay. All right. So, question one. When Henry's on his trip to whatever... To said village... <laughs> Uh, he stops on the side of the road to have a breakfast of cheese and apples. All right, so what's your go-to breakfast on the road? Like, I used to be a big fan of uh, fast food. Like, if I'm driving, my family doesn't live anywhere near me, so I have like a 700-mile drive to see my parents, right? Not a big deal. You can do it in like 10 hours, whatever. Mine always took longer, of course, because I would stop for fast food. 
would. I do stop for fast food, including breakfast, because you know what? I do love McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. In fact, if they still make it, the bagel, egg, and cheese steak, the steak, egg, and cheese bagel sandwich, that's what it was. Amazing. It might be the greatest food ever invented. So greasy. Yeah, you can feel the heart attack starting as you get halfway through it. Amazing, but generally, I don't even think they make that anymore, but I'm not sure. I don't get fast food breakfast much. Generally, though, I'm going to say Burger King breakfast is better than McDonald's. Yeah, the croissant witch is a superior breakfast sandwich to the Egg McMuffin. Although McGriddles are pretty good, too. Has anybody had a McGriddle before? They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Fast food breakfast rules. Oh, and if you have, like, somewhere to sit, Subway breakfast also amazing. Yeah, I love Subway breakfast sandwiches. I was just relating this to the lovely Laura. You can get like onions on a breakfast sandwich. And I love onions, so it works out great. And the only person smelling me on these trips would be me in my car. So, But if Laura comes, yeah, it's tough luck. I like onions. <laughs> um, so what's your go-to travel breakfast? So like I said, I would kind of go with fast food a lot, but lately I've been a little better, so I'll eat like, um, like kind breakfast bars and a banana, you know, or something like that. Plenty of coffee, don't get me wrong, but yeah, so what do you like? What do you like? I, I prefer fast food, of course. It's so freaking good. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. So question two. All right. So, uh, when Janie tells Roland and his red buddy there that uh, she doesn't know where Henry is, right? Roland gets sad when the magistrates say they're going to discuss it amongst themselves, right? He's upset that he's not included. So this is clearly like a case of uh, office politics. So my question is like, uh, what do I want to say? Have you, do you have any good office politics stories? That's what I want to know. Office politics. If you're in school, I guess I don't know what that would be like. Group work politics. <laughs> don't write in with anything else. Jesus Christ. I remember at this, uh, like, I'm pretty oblivious to office politics because I don't care. There's something in my, wrong with my head. Like, I don't notice, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, does that mean I'm on the spectrum? I just don't see it happening. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I, maybe it's just that I'm exceptionally self-centered. That could be it. Like, if it doesn't affect me, I just don't care. So, anyway. I remember at this uh, medical software company that I've spoken about in the past. They were having this release. And they were very excited for it, and it was all super awesome, and it was coming this week. And I was doing some QA tests on it, and when I would roll the, the like, database back and repopulate it, it would fuck up. What was the case? So I filed a bug with the QA department, and I said, when you roll the database back and reload the uh, doctors into this medical software, their accounts... The passwords get lost. Like, there's no valid... The passwords are all wrong. Like, they're just wrong. I said, I don't know what the deal is. I just said, the passwords are wrong. So be it, right? I think it... What was it called? Like, um... It was, like, index providers was the command you had to give. And it would... On, the, like, the, the con maintenance console. 
And uh, it would make all the passwords invalid. It was a real catastrophe. So, filed the bug, right, for QA. And I remember... I remember this douchebag developer there came over to me. One of the people who've been there since the beginning. And he's like, oh, listen, you know... um, He's like, the reason that, you know, that's a minor thing. And it's not working probably just because of your system. And this is why it's not working. I'm like, I... I honestly didn't give a shit. (laughs) Like, I was like, whatever, right? So, then I get a little message, a notification, saying that, you know, my bug has been updated. And it's the manager of quality assurance saying that um, not only does that uh, provider, import providers, destroy all the passwords, she said you can no longer, all the patient records are out of order. All these things were out of order. They weren't. Like, things were incorrect in the database after they did this operation. Like, it was just, it ruined the doctor's office, effectively. And I remember, like, and it, she even, like, typed some parts in all caps, like, this is a problem. And I remember, <laughs> I remember one of the developer managers just <laughs> clicked on triage that they'd fix it in the next version. It was so funny! Because then, I remember, um... My boss, like the uh, vice president, pulled me into his office with the guy who told me everything was fine. You know, he's like, you're an idiot. You know, it's going to work. And um, my boss is like, uh, he's asking him, like, we're all ready to go for the deployment. And he's like, oh, you know, the other guy, the other developer who's a douchebag was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name was Brian. I'm good with just saying his name. Fuck him. He's a douchebag. And um, I think it was Brian. It does kind of sound douchey, doesn't it? And he's like, yeah, we're ready to go. And uh, and he asked me, he's like, and you haven't found any issues with it. And I said, I said, I remember saying to my boss, completely straight faced, just leaning back in my chair, everything works except import provider. And he's like, what? <laughs> I, he had a fit. And I'm like, it doesn't work. And Brian was like, no, no, he's wrong. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. And my boss is like, what do you mean it doesn't work? I'm like, well, you can't like load the doctors into the system. That won't work. It doesn't work. It destroys all their uh, password accounts and everything about them. It gets ruined. And he's like, "How, how did this get past QA? And I said, it didn't. I filed a bug. QA confirmed it. And they said it was worse than they thought. And he's like, well, why are we releasing the software? And I said, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just told my boss, Brian said we should release. I totally just was like, not my problem. <laughs> and I was right in the end. It didn't work at all. And there was severe issues. And it was because they were, they were like alphabetizing um, files. But uh, a file that's longer always, I can't remember the details of it. It was real fucked up, but it was wrong, and I was happy. I was I just walked away like, I don't give a shit, because I didn't care, A, about the company, or B, about Brian and the other developers, because they sucked. So I guess that's my only, like, office politics story. I have other ones. I remember when I worked for um, a, a defense contractor, I tried to get nailed for not, like, finding, like, a problem in a rocket trajectory. And I was like, bullshit, and I pulled out documentation, and I was like, there you go, suck it. I didn't have anything to say beyond that. <laughs> wow, I shared a very long office politics story. My bad. <laughs> okay, all right, let's move on to the next discussion question. Although, 
Please write in with office politics. I just love it. I'm so oblivious to it that I don't know them. You know what I mean? I'm just... I just don't care. So, and I work for myself now. And uh, just to confirm, my job working for myself is not this podcast. So if you people think I'm rich from this, oh my God. <laughs> I have received... I, since this podcast started, three copies of the book has been purchased. Three, I think. Yeah. No. So. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. So I don't want you guys to think. I work from home now, so I don't have office politics. The closest I get to that is my cat acts like an asshole some days and takes my seat. So that's about it. All right. Question three. Henry had that fun day off of dining and shopping in what I assume is a destination shopping village. <laughs> Don't you think? It's probably got like a real sweet... Uh, you know what? Let's make it like a lifestyle center. You know, a lot of shops with people living above the shops. Let's make it the village look like that, all right? So, all right. It's a destination shopping center. What Henry came home with let, we got to look this up, right? How many bags did Henry come home with? It was a shit ton, if I remember correctly. Just got to find that drinking break. Um, nope, nope. Uh, eastbound Road, he had four bags. So, four bags. I'm in my head picturing, like, the plastic shopping bags. But, uh, obviously, in the world of magic, do they have plastic I don't know. Uh, let's say they don't. All right, I'm going to go. All right, that's canon. They don't have plastic. <laughs> all right, so uh, what was Henry carrying in those bags? What did Henry buy? That's the discussion question. I think we might find out next chapter what Henry bought. Maybe. 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 We're going to see. I think, well, all right, we're going to find one thing Henry bought. But what else would he get? Because they were pretty excited that there were, like, exotic items in stores there. Like, exotic items at the general store. I don't know what that would mean in the world of magic. More lizards for Margot to harvest... Or not Margot, I'm sorry. Pauline to harvest body parts from? I don't know. Interesting. Interesting, right? All right. So what did Henry buy? I'm going to say definitely more hard alcohol. And he's probably... I don't know, maybe two or three bags of those four are just hard liquor. Because they seem to drink a lot. Like, Janie is constantly stealing his booze. Yeah. I'm going to say, well, we don't actually know that Henry drinks a lot, though. Right? More evidence he's not based on me. Right? Because <laughs> I do. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what, uh, what else would he have. Well, I know one other thing. But we're going to keep that. That's that's a, uh, not a spoiler, uh, cliffhanger for next episode. I know one thing he bought. Yeah, get excited. We're going to find out next episode. So write in with your uh, discussion questions uh, or discussion answers, right? I bet it would be cool if we had like a chat room and we could discuss these questions together. But I'm pretty sure I don't have any enough listeners to pull off a... Uh, like a discussion room. That's not going to happen online. Let's face it. All right. Whatever. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. So if you do have answers to the discussion questions, go ahead and write in. If you head over to jeffreadshisbook.com, 
You can find some links there. And I can be reached via email at jba at sdf.org. Or you can reach me on Mastodon in the Fediverse at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're on Twitter, head on over there and you can leave me a message at Fortran Jeff. You should, that's all one word. You should totally write to me on Twitter. That is, I think, the only platform where I've ever gotten a, what do I want to say, feedback that uh, was unsolicited. So it wasn't from like Lara or Glenn, basically. <laughs> How bad is that? And it was actually a good feedback. I think I brought it up on the show, but it was a good one. If I had my phone handy, we could look at that, but I'm not a millennial staring at my stupid phone. I'm not fubbing my listeners. I am dedicated to this fine podcast. You know, I feel like this episode started a little slow, but I think that might be I didn't have like a uh, pregame whiskey before we kicked this off. But at this point, I've been through two of them. Just two? Just two? Laura, just two. And it's Sunday, so, you know, no big deal. We're not doing anything, I don't think. Although it is getting a little late. I gotta go upstairs and start making pizza. (laughs) But all I'm saying is, uh, as the whiskey kind of wore on, you get to end up knowing who I think a douchebag at work is. And his name is Brian. (laughs) So anyway, until next time, keep on reading! Keep on reading!